0: Good afternoon, Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media, here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. Uh, Here we talk about anything that is of interest to an embedded developer. Um, This week, my guest is Terry Stratadakis, and he is the co-founder and managing principal at ALE Consultants. Good afternoon, Terry, how are you?
1: Doing well, doing well, how are you?
0: I'm good, thanks. So did I get your name right? Yes, you did. Thank good, you. okay, so we're off to a good start. Uh, <laughs> ALA Consultants, what do you guys do?
1: So we are a consulting company that also uh, provides, uh, we, we build uh, test systems for um, companies that are working You know, for uh, uh, research labs. So we, a lot of times, our, mostly our customers are research labs where um, even though the research is uh, not so structured by definition, as you want to be able to collect more data and to control uh, more uh, complex processes, you sometimes do need to have sort of production style test software. If that if that is a couple of couple of things thrown in there, but that's that's essentially what we do.
0: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. So, uh, and and how we got into this, we we're, we're talking about FPGA based systems, which is very much of interest to our, our audience. But you are writing these algorithms to run in these mission critical mission critical FPGA. Wow, that's a lot to say. Mission-critical FPGA-based systems?
1: We, we are. Uh, sometimes the algorithm comes from the the customer. They have a certain algorithm that they're running in software. And the purpose of the FPGA is to provide uh, a mission-critical aspect to it in terms of determinism. Uh, so, in other words, they, they need it to run within a certain rate. They need it also to be able to handle a greater amount of data. And the FPGA is... Uh, something that can be purpose-configured purpose, purpose configured or purpose-built to handle that.
0: So how often do you get this software and you say, who the heck wrote this code?
1: <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's very easy to be judgmental. We always, of course, look to see the, <laughs> we always try to find the intent, right? Like what are they, What what is the purpose of it? So a lot of times we're also having a sort of a, a whiteboard discussion where we say, what, what is, what is, what are you trying to do? Because when you go from software to um, an FPGA, which is hardware, uh, there is a there's a different. I don't like the word that much, but there's really is a paradigm shift. So, like the way that the way the data is being transferred or the way the data is being processed is is inherently different. And so that's why we have to look at the intent because sometimes what goes on the FPGA is going to be different. So, besides all the judging of the code that we do, <laughs>
0: well, you're a consultant. You're supposed to be judgmental. Does <laughs> that right. come with the territory?
1: And, and they pay for they pay for our opinion. So we certainly. We don't pull punches. I mean, that's an important part. Uh, but at the same time, we also don't want them to feel like they <laughs> didn't do anything good. But yeah.
0: <laughs> understood. Understood. Okay. So uh, mission critical, what sort of applications are we talking about?
1: Um, so, so some of the mission critical type of applications can be uh, radar or electronic warfare. Uh, so like in a radar, you have to have, a, a, there's a, always a pulse going out, for example, and you have to be able to respond to it. And so that kind of thing where, you know, if something breaks down in the middle of that, like that, that test is essentially invalid, right? You have to restart that. So that's, that certainly has a mission critical aspect to it.
0: So do you find that these applications tend to filter back into something like Autonomous Drive, which is mission critical, you know, for a different reason?
1: It's, they, they certainly do. The uh, Autonomous Drive is a big user of, of Radar. And even though they're they're not conducting electronic warfare in a in a self driving car, it's a a lot of the same concepts are are certainly being applied there. Uh, there you have a, a car that you know has to be able to detect a whole bunch of things as it's moving, and it can't just detect that later. Right, there's no being late is is not even an option. It's it's safety. Right? there's people. There's and it's it's a and it's a very chaotic environment because you have people who are you know do you know if this per, is this person in the street is this person on the sidewalk is it a whole bunch of variables
0: and you also have different constraints in i mean we don't have to get locked into autonomous drive but but things that are like that you have size constraints and you have budget constraints that you may not have in these other places so um are are these issues things that are surmountable
1: yeah so the i think they in, in 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 our side of the business they call that swap c so you have like size weight uh and power and, and then cost. So certainly in, in a car you have uh, an FPGA is something that is a, it's a technology that does give you better, it gives you better computing, but it also gives you better computing per watt, which is an important factor. We don't wanna just look at better computing because we don't have unlimited power, especially in the vehicle, but also FPGAs are also used in data centers where you would think that they have unlimited, years ago when, in the beginning, we thought they had unlimited power, but as we started to use, to have more computing going on there, power does become a, a, a critical factor.
0: You said FPGAs are better. Better than what?
1: Um, so they're it's, and it's certainly that better has to have a lot of context around it. But so most people, when they think of computing, they think of CPUs, right? Like what's in your computer. They think of GPUs because they're, you know, the video game industry makes them popular. Um, and then FPGAs are sort of in the shadows in a way, uh, although they are coming to prominence these past uh, few years. Uh, but they, because with the FPGA you're configuring the hardware to be, it's purpose, it really is, uh, it's because it's field programmable, you're configuring it uh, to meet and to work with a particular application that that allows it, to, it can be better. So because we're we're configuring it to be for the application, that's why it can be better than a CPU or a GPU because those were really, the CPU was made to be generic, whereas a GPU is made really for graphics.
0: Okay, that surprises me a little bit. Um, because a because a lot of these applications are graphic intensive or imaging intensive, um, but the the folks like Nvidia, I mean, that's what they do. Um, whereas when you when you look at a Xilinx type application, they're very horizontal, and you know they may have this group here, they may have this group there, but but they gotta sell stuff that goes into into everything.
1: That that's that is that is a that's very valid, and and it's uh, the. I would say stepping stepping back the uh, this sort of compute area, which uh, um, you know, it's becoming more heterogeneous computing. You have you do have to have a whole bunch of different uh, I/O that's that's in there. So certainly, like a, a self driving car is certainly going to have a lot of video, uh, but it's also going to have sensors. And so again, it's it's certainly you know, Nvidia has acquired Mellanox, or I, I think they've you know, and and you know, Xilinx is now part of uh, AMD. So it's certainly, there is there is a lot of uh, cross-functionality in there, right? So certainly there's a lot of video, but then the uh, classically GPU is not really interfacing to IO, to like real, to sensors. Uh, again, the NVIDIA people may disagree and say, you know, well, we're, we have this product that does that. So it's, uh, I think we're at an interesting point in time where a lot of that, um, the systems on chip uh, types of uh, solutions, everyone is trying to build that right now so that is that's what makes this very interesting very competitive right now i think
0: okay here's where i put you on the spot uh i'm on record as saying that the intel altera merger um has a huge amount of potential and has not produced results yet um a do you agree with that and b do you think the same for
1: xilinx and amd i i have um i have heard the 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 sentiment on Intel and Altera, I've I have heard that echoed by others. Um, I I don't have any data to uh, uh, support or disagree with that. Um, You're a consultant. What do you need data for? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think with so with the the Xilinx and the AMD, um, you know, mergers. I guess mergers have, have a way of uh, screwing up technologies. So I can I can certainly you know that that is. In, in agreement with your view on the, on the uh, Intel Altera, uh, I, I think certainly you know, especially a company like Xilinx. You know, we're, we're, I'm using a lot of Xilinx, but I'm sure that when Altera was acquired, you know, like there's a sort of the, the personality of the company is, you know gets absorbed, right? It's 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 kind of a mixed bag. Uh, the one thing that I have seen from the Intel side is that some of their um, informational videos on FPGAs. I think there's there's I, I think there's more content out there. So I think that that's that's a positive thing, but certainly the way one measures like success of a merger is a you know dif- different ways. Like have they have they have they recovered that? I mean they're spending a lot of money on these companies when these these acquisitions, right? It's like th- thirty billion or sixteen billion for Altera. Like, I... yeah, when you when you start throwing the B word around, <laughs> yeah. What, what's the yeah. ROI on that? Or or it could also be to remain competitive because they you know we would think that Intel is sort of like the big player, and then AMD is sort of like the the other big player, it 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 really t- to me, it's really just an, it shows like how important like again, FPGAs being in the sort of a, in the shadows, uh, money talks, and so they if they're spending that kind of money, that means that they they at least think that they need to be in that area to uh, to be competitive. I would true. never think that. I wish I didn't tell would just be around forever, and so uh,
0: yeah, be careful with that one. That around forever thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, companies in the past, right? You've got Kodaks and you've got companies that just, you know, at the top and they didn't do the right thing.
0: Yeah, so... absolutely. All right, Terry, well, uh, before I let you go, um, this whole thing came to light because of a book you wrote. Uh, what is the name of that book and who is it geared toward?
1: Uh, yeah, so um, I have um, a book of, there's a book that I wrote Uh, on um, introduction to lab UFPGA for radar, uh, electronic warfare and RF applications. And this targets, uh, the the type of user this targets is, um, so the way uh, radar systems and RF systems are tested in the past, they used to be tested with sort of like boxed and like complete solutions. And so the lab UFPGA approach is more of a DIY, do it yourself approach. And that allows the RF practitioner or radar engineer to have tools that they can uh, make their own FPGA-based systems or test systems. And when you get the technology closer to the hands of the subject matter expert, they can get more creative, right? They're not just making a spec and then throwing over to some group of engineers that can then build it. They can um, more closely iterate. And that, is, uh, that can be very powerful. And so the, there was a gap in terms of uh, such a book. Uh, and so, uh, it was kind of serendipitous my, the publisher and I sort of got, when we got together, said that, you know, this is something that there is a need for it. And so, um, very excited about it and, uh, hope people get some benefit out of it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you. That was Terry Stratidakis. He is the co-founder and managing principal at ALE Consultants, and I am Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. You have a great day, Terry. Thank you. Me too.